What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show. Welcome to Wednesday afternoon. This is the Born Ultimatum on Action Movie Anatomy. I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Guy. We're going to break down the thing for you, share our fist pump moments, our favorite lines, everything you want to hear. Hang out with us. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show! Welcome to Moby Separate Ways. Strange things are back again. We sung this song before. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here before. We've done this dance before. This is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, guys. We're the on- online broadcast network talking movies and all things movie related. And this is the premier action movie show on the network. I would go as far as to say the premier action movie show in the world. Around. <laughs> Ever. Do not quote me on that. <laughs> Uh, I am Ben Bateman. I'm your host. My boy Andrew Guy. He's wearing his cornflower yellow. Is that a thing? Cornflower blue. <laughs> did tie? you make that cornflower up? yellow? It is. I did make it up because I got it mixed up with a different color. But I'm wearing my cornflower yellow. Mm. Got, got some black on. Ready to do this. And this a tie is clip. The second time I've seen this movie. Only the second. Only the second time. I was surprised that you uh, that, that your opinion of this movie when you were talking about it on the phone was not as glowing as mine. Yeah, I was. I honestly was shocked as well and kind of disappointed in myself. Yeah, it's. I I love this movie. Oh, there's our tweet. I'm going to retweet our tweet. Tweet. Um, I love this movie. This is this is my favorite of all of the Bourne movies. I'll go out right and say it. And I've said that kind of from the beginning. There was definitely a quality to Bourne Identity when we did it recently on the show. We actually right. did that. You guys can go find that episode. Like it's probably from a few months ago. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a quality to that movie when I watched it that I was reminded, as much as I like this movie, it's like, Born Identity is a very important movie. It's, yeah. Born Identity is, is an iconic movie in the way that this movie is just the best representation, in my mind, of what this, this kind of style is. That's kind of how I feel about Dark Knight and Batman Begins. I think that Dark Knight is the best representation of what we want out of a villain and a hero in a good, like, superhero action movie, like a real one. But I think Batman Begins tells such a more important story. Sure. It's better acted. Liam Neeson is so good in it. Yeah. That's why, even though I think Dark Knight is my favorite, yeah. I do think Batman Begins is the best. Fair, yeah. We've had this, we've had this argument we once. Have, we have. Once or twice. Um, but, <laughs> we've been uh, here before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get into the full breakdown of The Bourne Ultimatum, the third film in The Bourne franchise, we should remind everybody that, of course... We do action movies on this show. We talk about action movies that have been made after 1981. Uh, that's not a hard and fast rule. It just happens to be what we've stuck to for the first 55 or so episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, those four rules that the action movies we do on this show fit are, rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, being things, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. Rule number three, hmm. the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. And rule number four, there's at least one explosion. Now, did you, did you know that there was only one explosion per Bourne movie? There's exactly one explosion per movie. So the first one is when he shoots the propane tank. Of the three movies. The first three. Not of right, the, yeah, not yeah, of the yeah. Renner movie. The second one, there's, the se- I know there's one in there somewhere. I can't remember it. He shoots the propane tank in the first one yeah. to scare off Clive Owen. Yep. Um, I haven't seen the second one in a few years. Yeah, I can't remember we'll do it. do that soon. And yeah. then this one, it's the bomb. Right, the uh, one bomb by the car. That, yeah, in that Tangier. part is so sweet. Yeah, it's really good. Because he knows he's being followed. Yeah. So it's just far enough. And he leaves oh, the bike. It's great. Yeah, yeah. it's sick. Um, smart writing. It's our boy Tony Gilroy. It really, I mean, that's that's one thing, and, and we'll get into this in my thesis statement, is like, this is the cleanest, I mean, the Oscars will let you know. Like, this is the cleanest yeah. version of all the Bournes. Like, it's Absolutely. the most fine edited, the sound, the sound editing, everything. Yeah. 
So uh, we are going to be doing a couple things differently today on the show, guys. We're, we're changing around some of the segments uh, because this is the second Bourne movie we've done, because this is a kind of a newer movie in a lot of cases. We've done some of the old segments a lot of times. You'll see we're doing a few things differently. Um, one thing I do want to let everybody know is that for next week's episode, we are not going to be doing a hard and fast pitch like we normally do. Right. We're actually going to be taking pitches from you guys, the audience. What movies do you want to see us do? There's a lot of movies that get thrown around a lot. We've heard options like The Raid Redemption. We've yeah. heard options like... True Roadhouse, Lies, Roadhouse. True, yeah, True Lies comes up a lot. Um, I feel like The Long Kiss Goodnight has come up a number of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of movies that people like to throw in, and we are pretty much willing to do whatever. So the deal is going to be, you guys should get on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter already, get on Twitter now. Yeah, we I had to get on Twitter for this show, so you guys should have to get on Twitter for this show. Exactly. The <laughs> podcast is at AMA Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I am at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, and I am at Andrew Guy. And like Ben said... Get on Twitter and go post on the wall because any movie, any movie, it's not however many gets the most votes. It's nothing like that. I mean, if there's one that gets like 10 and yeah. all the rest of them are like one, we'll, we'll probably do that one. But if there's like 20 different movies up there, we're just going to pick one. Yeah, that's the plan. So legitimately, guys, go find us on Twitter. Start an account. Uh, everybody has to do that the first time when they want to follow somebody they like or, or be a part of something that they want to be a part of. You have to start the account. So go mm-hmm. start a Twitter at AMA podcast and, uh, and follow us. Uh, and then let us know at the end of the show which one you want to see. We will uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see what like the top options are. Yeah, and we'll post them on a little poll on our Twitter midweek. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we're, we kind of, we're just kind of wing it, winging it. <laughs> we're gonna wing it, wang it, wang it, we'll wang it. Um, so well, I, I, I love an Alfred Finneyman in appearance. <laughs> he still had it together in this one. He did. He's barely not quite gone yet. What movie was it where he was just gone? gone? Legacy. Legacy. The flashback oh scenes in Legacy. God. The flashback scenes in Legacy are like painful to watch. <laughs> it's like standing there with a quarter holding a glass of scotch, and it's like. This guy is the top. He's a lead member of the CIA, and he's just like standing with scotch, being like, and I'm like sitting there drinking my scotch. I'm like, fuck, that's gonna be me in thirty years, fifty years. Try to say like, I read the I read black brow, black brow. Those are those are not bad. Are things we just did? Albert Finney, I think, would be. Impressed? He'd be impressed. Yeah, he would be impressed. <laughs> no, I'm going to stay. He'll go to the training wing. Neither of your fans are That's what I know. Our fans on audio are like, well, they shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> we'll put an addendum at the beginning of the episode if you guys would like to skip the shenanigans. Uh, no, all right. So that's uh, that's that's where we start, guys. Uh, that's what you should do. You should get on Twitter and follow us along. Of course, rate, review, give us a high rating in iTunes. It helps us stay high in the standings and to continue to provide free content, which is mm-hmm. what we would like to do, and we are not going to do anything but that. So for us to be able to do that and not have it uh, cost the network money, yeah. it would be great if we could stay high in the standing. So please, rate and review. Um, you guys have been great at that. We're approaching 6 million views on this show. So Are we not past yet? 6 million? Yeah. I didn't check. Yeah, we're, we're right around there. Either way, that's a, lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of people. A lot of people have watched the show. Yeah. Um, so that being said, let's get into it. Let's get into it, guys. Let's start the show off. Um, the way we like to start the show off is by watching the trailer. So let's do it. Let's do it. I don't remember this one that well. Yeah, me neither. So the bad guy's Noah, whatever, right? He's the main bad guy. He's got to be. Noah Vosen? Yeah. Strathern? Identity erased. His identity erased. <laughs> His loved one murdered. Murdered. Oh, that was so sweet. This is the one I've seen the least. The second one? Yeah, that's the one I've seen the most. Really? Uh-huh. And I still don't remember. That. I, actually, I think I've seen Identity the most. I feel like at this point, this is the one I've watched the most. Someone started all of this. And I'm going to find them. This is 
Jason Bourne, toughest target that you've ever tracked. That is pretty sweet when she really comes in and just like goes in on everyone. Yeah. Failing. And she finds him immediately. Just nine hours behind tracking. Toughest target you've ever tracked. That's when he flips. Yeah. Sick. That guy was sweet. Yeah. Both the assassins were pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the one guy, Edgar Ramirez, is the guy that ends up playing the... He plays Bodie in the Point Break remake. Yeah. Yeah. Pamela Landy. I hear you're still looking for me. The one? I need that phone. I need it yesterday. Trace is confirmed invalid. He's within 1,000 yards of this building. I listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you. I remember. I remember everything. Hmm. Hyped, stoked. Yeah. That's kind of a weak trailer, to be honest. Yeah, it is, because it, it feels like when it ends is when it should just be kicking into yeah. gear. Yeah, it's also like, what's this, like, that, that trailer's 07, so, like, this is, like, sort of right around the time they started to get good, I think, overall. Like, like the real trailer, or like, Re Revolution was, like, right around that time. Yeah. So it's still kind of the front end. I think they hadn't quite figured out that, like, the way that those newborn trailers, like, is much sweeter. Yeah. Oh, God, the newborn trailer is so <laughs> sweet. So sweet. The one shot of just him just just knocking the guy out. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah, they're, like, out in the middle of the desert in a fighting circle. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Bourne does. Doesn't matter. That's where he hangs out. He's basically just, he's basically just, like, Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins. Yeah. Can just kick anyone's ass. Yeah, because he's not a superhero. He just yeah. really seems like one. Yeah, the new trailer looks so good. Like, the driving the car yeah. in the street. And Can't Vegas. wait. Oh, Can't awesome. Wait. Yeah, um, so that's a pretty good trailer. Uh, it's not a great trailer. Um, it's funny, right? You think about when this movie came out. and I, So we were the same age when Born Identity came out. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it. If you watch that episode, you'll see we have the amount of like love for that movie as kids when we saw it. Yeah. It really sticks with you. And that's why when I watched it again for this show and I was really analyzing it and doing the research, it was just like, wow, Like this movie had a major, major, major effect. It was incredibly impactful, much in the way that we talk about the generation of action movies that we grew up loving, mm -hmm. so the Terminators and the Predators right. and the Con Airs and the Face Offs, and that around 03 is when people wanted a more serious movie. They didn't want it to be so campy. Right. It's exactly when Bourne was launched. It was following up the campy James Bond movies. And it was perfect. It was perfect. and Because there was nothing else. You're yeah. right. It was following up the corny James Bond movie because uh, Casino Royale was made in 2006, yeah, I think. exactly. And then uh, MI3 was made in 2004. Five or five, six. right? Oh, five, yeah. So there was nothing to watch. Like, there was no good superhero, I mean, a spy movie. Super spy movie. Yeah, that's what franchise. I mean, like, the Jack Ryans, no one really got into them that much in the 2000s. Well, and those late were 90s. the bad ones. The Sum yeah. of All Fears was not good. Yeah. Um, Paycheck. I was know that a Jack Ryan no, no. movie? <laughs> <laughs> Just love it. Paycheck. Anytime I can talk about it. Um, like, so I think that's so interesting that when you look at this trailer, now this is a few years later. Now mm -hmm. we're, you know, now we're four years. I guess did Born 1 come out in 01 or 03? 01. Was it 01? Pretty sure, yeah. For sure. 01 or 02, maybe. I think, like yeah. Something like that. 02? Oh. Maybe. Yeah. But whatever it was, I think it might have been 02, 04, 07. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really fascinating when you think about this movie in 07. I remember this coming out. This one I didn't see in theaters. Same. I saw the other two in theaters. Exactly. Yeah. But this is the best one to me. Yeah. And it's reviewed the best. It's just, this is the yeah, one that won the Oscars. Oscars. 50, it's 8.1. Like, this is, it's one, yeah, it won three Oscars. The other ones weren't, other ones weren't even nominated It's kind anything. of remarkable, and it's funny, too. I, what I was going to say, shall we just get into our, uh, into our thesis statement? 
about this film? Yeah, let's get into it, because I think that's really going to carry on throughout this whole thing, since they are so vastly different. Yeah. So, guys, what we do here on the show is we have something called Thesis Statement, and this is kind of the moment in the show where Andrew and I are going to come up with a bold thought, just a bold statement, something that really sells your opinion of this movie, where it stands in the pantheon of history, should usually be rooted in hyperbole, the greatest this, the best this, Mm -hmm. the only this, the first this. Um, We don't like loose ones, like, this is my favorite movie, or uh, I guess guess in that, if it was that extreme, it could work. Yeah. But if, you know, this is my favorite Matt Damon movie, movie is not good enough. or this is one of my favorite moments in any spy movie yeah you know like no yeah clean it up yeah exactly clean it up um <laughs> so I'm, i want to go first because i think mine's so different than yours yeah yeah go ahead so mine is despite this being the best produced of the three i'm talking sound editing film editing everything it's clean the script everything is yeah. clean despite it being all of that it is the worst matt damon born movie See, I just find that fascinating. I do, too. I do, too. I was shocked. Like, I remember watching it a long time ago. And when I said I'd only watched this movie twice, it's been more like three or four times, but always in chopped up bits on cable. So I've watched it the one time the whole way through, two or three or four times on cable here and there. And then last night, again, I watched it from beginning to end. And the beginning sequence in the train station when he's on the phone with the reporter is sweet. Yeah. It's classic Bourne. But for the next hour after that, it just loses me. It just lags. It just does. Even though there's sweet moments in between and the in the and the other assassins, it doesn't really pick up for me till the very end when I feel like Julia Stiles might die. Like that whole chase sequence and the fight there with Dash. I missed it in 07, but I think I saw it on video in 08 or 09, and I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, Tony Gilroy, the writer, had a really good run there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Really good run. That Michael Clayton is the same year as this. Yeah, I mean, his writing is phenomenal. Yeah, it's just so tight. He just gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with these type of movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I, yeah, I, find, I mean, I find that interesting. Um, Honestly, you, it was one of those moments where I was kind of like, come on, man. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Really? But I was in the right state of mind. Like, I was tired, but it was, like, exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to sit down and watch a movie. I'd, I'd been moving all weekend. Like, yeah. I was just shocked by it. I wonder if it was too hyped up for you because it had been so long, and, and we've done so many episodes of this show mm-hmm. now. We've talked about how this is the best-reviewed one a lot of times. It could definitely be it. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes that happens. You go in, the, in in a state of mind where you're a little tired or you're not as focused, and it's just your expectation is so high. Right. Um, I get that. You know, like, I do. See, it's funny because my thesis statement is is – the opposite. The exact opposite, yeah. And my thesis statement is that this is the best modern franchise spy movie made. Um, and we'll say, I guess modern would suggest in the last 20 years. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, you could even go just on the last 16 or just, just in the 2000s. Yeah. Because the movies have since, changed. Since 2000. Um, that is, th- th- this is the best film. Um, film. Like, even out of every spy movie that isn't a franchise, like, maybe a franchise That's spy what I said, movie? franchise spy Oh, movie. you did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Franchise that makes much more, yeah. Because... It's hard. Like the old, there's there's ones for instance. Okay, great example. Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton right. is a better movie than this. Michael Clayton is one of my twenty favorite movies. Like I adore that movie. Mm-hmm. The writing and everything, the pacing is written by the same guy, so it has a lot of similar characteristics. It's not really a spy movie though. It's it's no. a it's an espionage like sort of like a corporate espionage thriller. It's cool because it's one of those movies. Even though I haven't seen Michael Clayton, based off of what you've said and who wrote it, it's probably one of those movies that isn't an action movie but feels like it could be like a thriller. Even though it's like. Just a drama, pretty much. The fact that you haven't watched that movie is actually mind-blowing. It's, it's crazy. It's like it's like one of those things where, like, I'm going to watch The Hunted and be like, that was super sweet and entertaining. And you're <laughs> going to watch Michael you, Clay. You probably won't even say <laughs> that. 
uh, full disclosure, I was like super hungover on a Sunday three weeks ago. I didn't even tell you this. And A Hunted is on Netflix. Yes. I watched the first 20 minutes of it and uh-huh. fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> just fully passed out. <laughs> oh, um, that's great. No, like, I just think you'll watch Michael Clayton. And oh, I'm sure And you'll call me and just be like, I want to marry Tom Wilkinson. He's right. my favorite person that's Dude, ever lived. Like a dog. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so that's, I think that this is the best one. Um, I think about all of the other franchised spy movies that have happened uh-huh. in that time and my favorite moments in the different movies. And this just to me is like, it's the epitome of what I want out of these movies. I love the actors involved. I love, I love David Strathern as a villain. He's just kind of, he's just kind of a weasel. He is. He's a weasel. He's the, he's the shit weasel. He's a shit weasel, but he doesn't die. And someone, okay, two things, audience, real quick in the live chat. Get on Twitter. And suggest the movies. Don't do it in here. It's not yeah. going to matter. It's I'm not going to matter in the chat. Secondly, we love that you're watching and that we love that you're live chat. Third, yeah. <laughs> um, someone was like, don't you wish that he killed Noah at the end of the movie? And I do from my point of view of like, I hate shit weasels and I want them to die. Yeah. Well, but um, I don't think that he should have killed him. It wouldn't have made, just like how he shouldn't have killed Chris Cooper in the first one. Right. It, it's not supposed to be him. Yeah. It's better to have the system or someone else take him down. There was one piece of writing in this movie that was weak. Um, it was one... Oh, I know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. It's when David Strathern calls Scott Glenn and says something to Scott Glenn, and he's like, he's like, don't forget why we put her there. If this all goes haywire, we hang it around her neck. Right. Start over. And it's like, first of all, why are you even saying that out loud? Like, you guys, it's clear. Of course that's why she's there. Of course that, yeah. And, and if, it's that, if it's that intense, then I'm sure you guys have had this conversation a hundred fucking times. And, like, that is such weak and lousy and yeah, boring. because even, what does he say? He says, remember? Yeah. He starts it off with remember? It is, yeah. th- that's such weak exposition. It's like, yeah. that's like, come on, guys. Like, I get it. Like, this is an intelligent script and it's an action movie, so you want to explain to the audience. But I was just like, I was like, you need to really show us that phone call? Uh-huh. Like, really? But there, for me, there was also that moment of, like, no. There's no Pamela Landy has done the full. She's done the full flip. Yeah, she is now a good person. She's not going to get screwed over by them. Like that's that was another thing in this movie. I didn't really feel like anything was at stake until near the end when it felt like Styles could die and blah blah. blah, Like everything could come to. Did you notice how weird it is that so after he leaves Styles and she's sitting in the cafe and she gives the phone to Desh? Mm -hmm. Do you know she doesn't have another line the rest of the movie? She's in the rest of the movie a significant amount. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say a single word. You shitting me? Never a single word. Wow. She, she, yeah, right? She leaves the phone. She almost yeah. dies. Then they're up in the room, and he, like, says to her, he's like, they're going to keep looking for you. Um, and she, like, looks at him. And mm-hmm. then and she's washing her hair, and she looks at him. And he says, it gets easier. And she looks at him. And she gets on the bus, and she looks at him. And then she's gone. And she's gone. She doesn't say one more. Not a wow. single word. I didn't even think about that. Isn't that weird? That is really weird. Yeah, right? That um, means that she, I mean, she, she did a good job then. Yeah. You know? She does a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's in the fifth one. She, uh, she, yeah, I thought that was so interesting. I also like that they didn't give us romance with those two. Yeah, it would have been f- so forced. Yeah. Because she, she even references it, kind yeah. of. She alludes to it saying, you don't remember anything, do you? Yeah. Do you think, so they must have had some sort of relationship Maybe before? Maybe something. something. And then we'll get a flashback or something. Yeah, and the new one. Julia, she's in the new one. Julia Stiles, the luckiest moment in her entire career ever being in Born One. Just save, like Save the Last Dance? Save. <laughs> yeah. 
just like like the luckiest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, it's funny because last night when I was going to sleep, for some reason I turned on Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm. It's a good movie, but I was like, oh yeah, Julia Stiles is in this. Oh yeah, that's you. Really? Yeah, she's, she's the main. She's the main chick. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, he's the one that Heath Ledger's after the whole movie. Okay, so those are our bold thesis statements, right? They're basically the exact opposite. Yeah, which is really interesting. That I don't know that we've ever had that happen. No, and it's not even that I don't <laughs> like this movie, except for the taking of Pelham One. Except two, for the three. taking of Pelham One Two Three. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into the next bit of our show, which is fist pump moment, guys. Fist pump moment. Yeah. It's the part of the show where something happens, where you're watching the movie, and you kind of you have that moment. You look around, you're like, oh my god, are you seeing this right now? This is, is insane. Anybody seeing what is happening right now? This is so fucking sweet. Um, and you want to just talk about it and share it with your buddies. Yeah. So for me, uh, Donica, do you mind queuing up the train station scene? Um, this is this is my fist pump moment. This, just this whole sequence. It's so clean and cool and, yeah. It's just sick. Like, it just starts, like, it starts out and, like, the, the writer's on the, the writer's on the train and, like, oh, this is, like, halfway into the scene already. Yeah, which is um, good because it's long. It's a long scene. My favorite things about the scene are that not only is Bourne being completely undetected and evasive while yeah. helping him, but it's not even a thought for it. It's, yeah. it's not even hard. Is that he's getting the other dude out of every situation that he's getting into, but the other dude still freaks out. Yeah. Like a normal person would. He's coming, he's coming. I think he's one of them. I think I, I'm going. Like, he's got a gun. Yeah. He's reaching for something. He's like, no, 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 no. And then, obviously, the way the scene ends, again, he's like, no, don't do it, don't do it, calm down, and he ends up dying. I always wonder, in a script... If you had to write a scene like this, mm-hmm. how the hell would you write a scene like this? It's crazy because I've read so many scripts and they're so different. I, I, I've got to feel like there's got to be like a page of just uh, like blocking, essentially, of just exposition. I just wonder, like, I have a hard time literally imagining reading, you know, reading this dialogue with all the direction right. and everything. Right? Yeah, I mean, it would just be... It would be quick cut, quick cut, cut to, cut to, this, this, right. line, like that. Exactly. Just, that's all it would be. Because because then you also think about, like, yeah, quick cut, like, all the quick cuts, but then you also think about the fact that, like, to write this, you have to have the whole train station essentially outlined, like, like a storyboard. Like, you right. you really have to know the outline, like, the layout of the whole train station, where everyone's walking, where every agent is, yeah. whereas when we're watching it, it's very much like, they're kind of everywhere, and Bourne can kind of see everywhere. Uh-huh. That's why, that's, like, the thing about Bourne. He's a total superhero. Like, he is so an yeah, unreasonable is, level there's of no superhero. Way, yeah. There's no way... I mean, I guess every one of those characters, the James Bonds and the Ethan Hunts... They're no, yeah, they're all superheroes they're all super in their heroes. own way. Um, their training is all perfect. Yeah. Impeccable. Yeah, this is sweet. He's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, this is my fist bump moment for sure. This is... Because this is my fist bump moment because it's just like... It this kind is, of sorry. Go ahead. It, it kind of epitomizes everything that the Bourne franchise is about. Exactly. Exactly what I was gonna, just going to say is this: if you could put it all into one scene, this is what it would be. It's like he doesn't use force until he has to. Mm-hmm. He's undetected. You even get the moment. You even get the moment right here where he's on camera. Right, and he you're, looks. You're going to get the like. This is the same reveal that you even get in the trailer for Jason Bourne. They right. like steal a bunch of shit from this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, he like knocks him down, and we're going to have a cut to to Strathern, and he's going to be like. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's Jason Bourne. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jason Bourne. Which is funny that you say that. Yeah. Because, let's see, does it keep going? No, he cuts to straight there, and he's going to be like... Well, no, I mean, do you see him? Right there. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's Jason Bourne. Which is my fist pump moment. Really? Yep. 
That's mine that right moment, there. That right moment there? right yeah. there. Because okay. I remember sitting there watching it with this with the reveal of the camera yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything and the line and him like looking at it was just like this is exactly what, this what should be happening right now. This is exactly where we, I want to be. And I'm so bummed out that you watched that, and then literally, like, from there, it just went downhill for you. It did. It went downhill for, like, in the next hour, and yeah. then it gets better for me. Um, yeah, that whole sequence to me is what this franchise is about. That's that's what I love. It's just it's just so awesome. It's just awesome. It is, and it's, again, we, we've said this, like, 50 times, and I'm going to try to not keep saying it, but it's so clean that you kind of feel like you're in on, like you yeah. kind of feel like you're a spy a little bit. Well, know? I also love, I also love that um, this one picks up directly after the second one ends. Yep, that's one of the coolest things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one has a sweet ending, if I recall. Like, right? Yeah, I, and, dude, I, for how many times I've seen it, I can't remember. Well, I think it ends. It ends, it ends in Moscow with him, with him bleeding, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah stumbling yeah. That's down exactly that stairwell, yeah. and that's because that's where the, the third one starts. Um, and I think, I think. The production between the two films was super short. Like I think they filmed two, and then they they went into like hiatus for like three months, mm-hmm. and then they started filming three. They like filmed them almost back to back. Yeah, I know. I love that in the new one, he's like older. He's, he's grizzled. grizzled. Yeah, 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 rugged. He's rugged. Oh, it's so sweet. So much HGH. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be successful and in my forties and have like a doctor prescribe me HGH. Yeah, right. Where it's I'm fine. Like, I need to get jacked uh, for this thing, and they're like. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, this is not good for you. But I you mean, you're 40, so. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you can just keep beating your body up. Um, all right. So that is Fist Pump. Guys, if you have your own Fist Pump moments, be sure to share them at AMA Podcast. Let us know. Uh, we're trying to be better with the Twitter. We're sharing some movie news. It's a fun thing we're doing now, starting to kind of let you guys know what we think is awesome and going on. Um, but, uh, got a oh. lot. Got a lot of people that that's their favorite scene as well. Yeah, and uh, only not a lot of people, but got two or one or two people that totally disagree or totally agree with you, which I completely understand that this is the best. Yeah, I'm in like the bottom nine percent of the world. That's why you wore your cornflower yellow shirt. I did. I needed some <laughs> redeeming factor. <laughs> Quality. Um, Bad Boys Three is coming out soon. I just that just came to mind for me for some reason. Um, but uh, the writer I met the other night at a premiere, and he's a friend of Anthony's because Anthony is also writing Bad Boys Three. Anthony's writing Bad Boys Three. Anthony is finishing Bad Boys Three right now. Oh, that's phenomenal. He's like a fill-in writer on it, and so uh, we're he'll, he said he'd get the, the writer here for us when it comes on. So we'll, oh, that's great. We'll All right, here. so I so, gotta. Yeah. I love Bad Boys. <laughs> One of my favorite franchises. Did he write the first two also? Uh, the other guy? Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Well, hopefully he didn't. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times pass since then. A lot of times pass. A lot of times pass. So uh, let's get into, wow, I'm peeking hard. Um, <laughs> let's get into Star Profiles. There's a sex joke in there somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. Uh, so Damon, it's interesting because this is when he's like, can do no wrong. He's in everything. And he's kind of just carried that on almost till now. But this is when he was like doing a lot. This is peak Damon. This is peak Damon. Yeah, because if you think about it, right now he's like a different kind of, he's older, so it's a different type of peaking when yeah. you're in your 40s. If you think about Damon's career, you can look at it in a couple a couple pretty distinct chunks, right? So there's, there's he comes on the scene in the mid-90s and has mm-hmm. the big breakout with Good Will Hunting. That's, that's right. the big break. So there's everything from early on in like Field of Dreams to like rounders um all the kevin smith movies yeah exactly in. um and then and then the big breakthrough with miramax and you know he's in uh dogma a couple years later mm-hmm. with with affleck you know they do goodwill hunting the big the big like 
I feel like Born One is the big like that's the big transition because that was the big action movie that he had done. That's when you kind of realized as an audience this guy can do everything. And because and it wasn't the first one that that vaulted him into the next phase, it was the second one. Yeah, because the first one was a success enough that by '04, <coughs> by '04, everything Matt Damon was in was like was good. Well, and it was also just like, oh, Matt Damon's an A-list movie star. We have to go see this. Because we also, people forget that the, the uh, Oceans franchise happened literally right there. Massive. Massive. Like, he, he was just in all the right And he's things. the number three in that? Or yeah. Two, yeah, behind, behind Pitt Pitt and Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, so. Which at the time, again, those guys were just finishing their massive, like, yeah. like the top of their careers. Yeah. Yeah, I guess by... I think I think in a weird way I think all three of them had their biggest runs at the same time because I think about Clooney and he won his Oscar for Syrian in 06 right mm-hmm. so that's pretty pretty friggin massive but they were um, huge they were big up and comers I guess in the late 90s early yeah. Two, like yeah late 90s I guess is where I felt like I, I guess I what I'm trying to say is I feel like Pitt and Clooney hit theirs a little sooner than earlier yeah like five years 100%, yeah hundred percent because Clooney's Clooney's like big his big early roles that are like the, the memorable ones like out of sights 96 mm-hmm. Batman's 98 um you know peacemakers 99 er yeah uh, uh oh brothers 2000 so oh, that's so good. that's when he's on his run yeah. and then Brad Pitt seven's 95 fight clubs 99 mm-hmm. um you know what I mean so he, they they both started a solid five years before they yeah. did um, so it's, that's funny because like in the oceans it's kind of like there were the top three are actually flipped, or like they were actually flipping at the time. Yeah, but so in right around this time though, Ocean's Thirteen is the same year as this, yep. right? Um, Good Shepherd, that's the Robert De Niro directed head of the CIA movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. It's fine. It's uh-huh. it's okay. But the point is, Suri's got those glasses, right? Yeah, Angelina yeah. Jolie and him alongside each other. De Niro, I believe, is in it. Mm-hmm. I know he directed it. Um, and then The Departed, of course, in 06, so which is so good, and he wins Best Picture. Yeah. So like. He's sort of like this is peak Damon. This mm-hmm. is friggin' just like as big as he ever got. Um, because after this movie, he left the Bourne franchise for a few years. Yeah, you know, and he kind of did more dramatic roles. You know, Invictus was in there, yep, and exactly, he was like gunning for an Oscar. Tried a lot of stuff. He tried. He did that movie, The Informant, in there. Yeah. He was in uh, was good. Contagion. He's just been in so much stuff. Yeah, he's been in so much stuff. Um, so then on the other side of things, you got David Strathern, um, who's he's one of those guys that's probably been in more movies than Damon. You know? Trailer, yeah, he's a very talented uh, character actor. I don't know any of these movies, do you? I don't either. No, I, I, I don't even look them up because I don't care. Strathern's big moment was right here. Yeah. Because Good Night and Good Luck is within a year of this. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the Clooney-directed movie about uh, Edward R. Murrow. Yeah, uh, and with Cusack, he, right? Uh, no, it's... Um, what am I thinking sh- of? Good Night, Good Luck is the black and white one yeah, about... Yeah, Cusack's the, not in that? I don't think so, but uh, the news station in the 60s? I think I think it was someone else. Or the 50s? Yeah. Um, it was a passion project for Clooney, but it's a really good movie. It mm-hmm. is really good. It got Oscar nominations, yeah, it got and Strathern is the lead. He's the main... Yeah, and he was also in Lincoln, which I didn't see, but like okay. he's the type of guy... Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not a bad actor. He's a very good actor. He's a yeah. character actor, but he's just not the type of guy, and I think it's kind of apparent in this film that he can't really carry yeah. a film that well. Yeah, he's. I think he plays the role. He plays his role in this movie well. Great, he does um, it great. Yeah, I just don't think there's much more that he could have added to it. Yeah, from his for with his acting chops. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a specific kind of actor. Now, granted, if anybody watching or listening is like a massive David Strathern fan and you know something we don't, it's, tell tell us please. Yeah, because because quite honestly, guys his age that get the kind of roles he gets that have been around as long as he has, he's probably remarkably talented. He's probably capable oh. of doing shit we've never even imagined and. 
you know, we just don't get to see those roles because we don't watch these movies. We didn't yeah. watch any of these three movies. So no. um, it's also one of those weird things, though, right? Because we talked about this. Who's the who's the star B in this movie? Yeah, it was so hard. I mean, like, I couldn't do it until rewatching it last night. I, it's it's not Landy. It's not Styles. It's not either of the assassins. It's got to be him. Yeah. <clears throat> or it's Albert Finney. Or it's Albert Finney. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he's definitely the villain. And he's, because he is. I mean, he just, he just kills people, you know? Yeah. When, they, when he doesn't know what to do with them anymore. And, uh, and he has the authority to do that. No, he's good. He's just, yeah. you know, maybe that's why. Maybe I, I love... I need a good villain. And yeah. Urban, Urban is great in, in the second one. Yeah. And Cooper's awesome in the first one. He's sweet. Yeah. And is, Brian Cox is, is the villain in the second one. Yeah, he? he's the main villain, but Urban is like the other the guy assassin. That, yeah, I mean, he's the one that killed his wife, and then he's the one that has this sweet car chase. The, the car chase in the second one might be the sweetest chase in all three. Who's your favorite asset? What do you mean? They always like, say the, um, it's the asset on site. Right. The assassins. Yeah. It's got to be Urban. Really? Yeah. I think it's Clive Owen for me. Cl- Clive Owen is sweet. Even though he's kind of a pussy. Yeah, he doesn't ever actually do anything. He's just Clive Owen. Yeah. Smoldering Clive Owen. Smoldering. Out in the, and he's got that one line, um, which is super sweet. Um, and he's got that great, he has that great performance as he's dying where he starts laughing. Yeah. No, yeah. he's, I mean, he's a, that's the thing about Clive Owen. Yeah. He's such a good actor, but he just doesn't do good roles or something. Like, he's so good in Children of Men. Yeah. And he's he, great in, in Born Identity. He should be in something awesome now. He just, like, hasn't managed to get Maybe it. Maybe he needs to do that thing that we talked about, like the Tarantino reboot. Yeah, right. It would have been so sweet if a few years ago, right, like, he's, I think he's just past being the correct age now. Mm-hmm. It would have been so sweet if around, like, 07, 08, he had gotten James Bond. If he, oh, right. Because he was in talks for yeah. it. Yeah. If it had been him instead of Daniel Craig, I mean, I, yeah. I really liked Daniel Craig in a lot of those Me movies. Me too. I think he's sweet. It's just the movies kind of. It's it's the same thing that happens with 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 uh, Brosnan. Is the first two are the best, and the rest of them are garbage. <laughs> Relative term, but well, no. I mean, obviously, like those movies are on a vastly different scale, but still, the first two were probably better than the other ones. Yeah. And yeah. Same. Is I feel the same way with Casino Royale, and well, actually, I like Skyfall more than Quantum of Solace, but. They're all kind of dog shit. Yeah, they all suck. They really do. Spectre was such a letdown. I think the big, I think the least memorable. Well, actually, we'll talk about that later. Um, so let's get a little bit into production development, so we can talk about kind of where all these guys were with their careers. We've covered a lot of these people before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I referenced Tony Gilroy a bunch. So Robert Ludlum, we've talked about him before. Right. He's the he guy wrote that the wrote novel. the original novels. Um, aside from Born Identity, most of the most of the adaptation stuff is not at all related to the books. Right. And even, a, I'd say, maybe 60% of Born Identity is not in the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, they only use the titles of the subsequent books. They don't actually use the stories. Right. So this is all original. He's just writing. like, cool, whatever. I'll just yeah. take these my millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, he's totally into it. Um, so, yeah, because Gilroy, because Gilroy and, and, and the success of Born Identity, he ended up working on all of the Born films. It's funny, right? Like, is there a more perfect franchise for Tony Gilroy than the Bourne franchise? No, definitely not. The other two franchises he, he has no business in, which is Mission Impossible and Bond. Yeah. And he's just, it's like, it's, this is made for him. Right. It's literally like, the movie that he did after Michael Clayton, his follow-up in 09, I think, mm-hmm. was called Duplicity. Was oh, that, that was the Clive Owen, Natalie Roberts Portman. Julia Roberts. Well, yeah, Natalie Portman's in it too, I trust me. She's really? a stripper in it. No, that's Closer. Oh, that is closer. Yeah. Damn it. I just wanted to think about that. And she's scene. not a stripper in closer. She just has the scene where she wears a wig and she's strips. She's a stripper? <laughs> Look, don't ruin this for me, okay? <laughs> don't ruin this for me, man. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. Look, I want man. to recast it with Alicia Vikander now. It's my bachelor party, it's man. My bachelor party, man. We're Let on me a have show. Them. Are you having a stroke? 
<laughs> All right, duplicity, whatever. Um, and duplicity is like, it's like trying to be funnier. So it's trying to be funnier and more oh, tongue in cheek. Remember that movie? And it's fine. It's yeah. it's totally like good. It's not great. Um, but it's just funny. Like if I think about his writing style, it's Michael Clayton's the best thing he's ever written. But this is still these movies are perfect for him. Right. It's so cloak and dagger. It's so like it, the thing is about this franchise. This franchise takes itself so seriously compared yeah. to the other. Ones. It is life and death. Everything, every situation, there is no, is there any laughs in these movies at all? Like, and if there are, like, they're intentional and they're real quick, if they're in there even at all? I guess, like, I don't, I can't even think of one. Like, I don't think this movie has a single I can't either. I'm just thinking there might be moments of, like, situational humor. Yeah. But I don't think so. I, like, nothing comes to mind for me. No. No Me neither. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, Tony Gilroy uh, has a brother uh, that also writes. His father was was award-winning. I mean, like, they're just their their entire uh, their entire family is, is, is very successful. And he also directed Duplicity uh, right. as well as Michael Clayton. So, um, anyway, he is writing a bunch of stuff now. He's not writing on things like this right now he's writing on some weird kind of obscure projects yeah he, he hasn't really been working with like the stack cast that he used to he's kind of yeah maybe he's trying to get back to his roots like go back to basic you know yeah something like that greengrass you love greengrass i like paul greengrass yeah um really interesting paul greengrass's most notable movie is united 93 huh how weird is that Which i never saw you didn't no oh you should see it is it it's really good really good huh he got uh oscar nod for it for direct kind of stayed away from all those well, it's it's shameful because that not that, but the the fact that people associated United ninety three with World Trade Center, right? Because World Trade Center was like it was you put Nicolas Cage yeah, in an was, actual story of the day as a fireman and directed yeah. by Oliver Stone. That was just obscene. Like that movie is like just even if the movie was good, that movie's a joke. Yeah, Paul Greengrass is like a master of political material. Mm-hmm. He's like. Very smart, extremely intelligent, understands politics, understands government, and didn't even tell the story of 9-11. He told the fucking story of the airplane, of, of United Flight 93. Like the passengers and the people that were working the on it. And, and it's, the, it's the story of the passengers that took over the flight. That's That was supposed right. to be, and that's when that crashed in a field. Um, and it's, so it, you get to tell the story from day one, or, or from, you know, moment one of that mm-hmm. morning, but... I remember watching it in theaters and like definitely crying. Like it's like a yeah. very emotional movie. Um, well, yeah, I'll have to check it out, man. Because like I said, I was so put off by everyone trying to capitalize on that horrific thing that happened. And, and yeah. like you said, World Trade Center with Cage and Stone. I, I literally saw this. I was working at Blockbuster, and I was like, "Is this a fucking joke?" Yeah, exactly. Like that was those are the words that came out of my mouth. I think I said it in front of a customer when I was sitting there like reading it, and they were like, uh, "What?" And I yeah, was like, ah, nothing. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> Completely. Um, um, and then you got, you know, Frank Marshall, Crowley, and uh, and Paul L. Sandberg. Now, Frank Marshall and Crowley are, they're a part of a team of, of producers. They are, like, the two main guys. Yeah. Um, but they came all the way from the first one, and so did Lyman. Right. So you know, I mean, they all produced this movie, or the franchise. So Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy, right? Kennedy Marshall. Mm-hmm. T- two names behind, like... Several of the biggest franchises in the world. Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, the Bourne Star series, Wars. Star Wars. You I know, mean, just like, as big as it gets. Do we need to say anything more? Yeah, Frank Marshall's like a top, he's like a top 20, top 30, like all-time producer. Um, but yeah, it's it's the same team. Uh, it's the same team involved in a lot of this stuff. So he's a big hitter. Marshall's been involved in all the Bourne movies. He produced the Jeremy Renner film. He's mm-hmm. producing the new film. Um, yeah, 
as far as Greengrass goes, before we leave him, he he got brought in to do Born Supremacy. That was mm-hmm. his first major role. He had had a lot of success as a British uh, television director and doing some more independent British features. Oh yeah, well, you had this uh, mind blowing fact oh, to tell me earlier. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, Paul Greengrass wrote a book in 1988. Um, a book that I don't have the title in front of me, but it was essentially an expose of the British government and exposing the inner workings of MI5 uh, and their secret service. And the book was banned in in uh, Britain because it was too, it was like fully accurate. They right. was like didn't want everybody reading it. It's like full disclosure. Yeah, he's like like he he was like he, you know he was on like multiple lists as like one of the twenty five or like the fifty smartest people in Britain. Like just like. The guy's very smart, understands politics, gets it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like th- if that's the guy that you want to write your political thrillers. Yeah. Like that. If you could pick one person, yeah. it's him. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. You could, he's the guy you want behind um, Empire Magazine and he uh, awarded him in 06 and 07. Uh, his films were best film of the year by it. So like 06, he got it for United 93 mm-hmm. and 07. This film won best film of the year. Yeah. At the Baptist or uh, where? Empire Magazine. Oh, Empire like Magazine. Got gotcha, gotcha. films of the year. He's just. Greengrass is just like a really interesting director. He's just like he he hasn't done that many things. Yeah, he's one of those directors that you wish just did a little bit more, but then maybe they'll lose that effect, right. that awesome effect that they have. He did Supremacy in 04. Mm-hmm. He did this in 07. He did 1993 in 06. The big misstep in his career for me is The Green Zone. It's that weird Matt Damon. Oh movie. yeah, people were talking about that on here. Yeah, I never watched that. I remember when it came out. I almost watched it a bunch of times. And I just it just lost it. I saw it years later. It's the reason I had no interest is because it just kind of it kind of just looked like another Bourne movie. Yeah, but like, but not. Yeah, because he's like a soldier in it or something, right? Yeah, or, but he's like a soldier with a conscience. It's very it's a weird movie. With a conscience, which they don't have. No. I didn't really much like it, and that was I think that the Green Zone is like oh eight or oh nine, and then mm-hmm. he might have oh and he directed Captain Phillips. Mm. Which yeah. I heard wasn't good. Or wasn't bad. Yeah, it was, was fine. Yeah, he and uh, Ron Howard actually switched films. He was supposed to direct Rush originally, and Howard mm. was supposed to direct Captain Phillips. Which I keep hearing about that movie. Rush. Yeah, people like Rush. It's on the top two fifty. I've it's never seen to be very it. Very entertaining. Yeah. Then Alex love it. Alex. Yeah, Alex liked it a lot. He was. He he did not think it should have been on the list though. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into this massive box office hit, which all of these movies were pretty successful. Uh, we got the graphic here. We can pull up of, of all of Matt Damon's movies. This is this is worldwide. So uh, worldwide unadjusted. So Interstellar was worldwide is the highest if you call that a Matt Damon movie. It's, it, which it's not. Yeah, I mean he has a big part. But he, he does, but he but wasn't even advertised. The Martian though is definitely a Matt Damon movie, and that's I didn't know it did that well. Yeah, did you see that movie? I didn't. I heard awesome. it was great. Yeah, really I really good. need to. I, our buddy Matt has a copy of it. I finally watched Deadpool. Did you like it? Yeah, it's great, right? It's really entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was kind of like, can I buy this like British villain or whatever? But he was fine. Yeah, yeah. it was just fun. Reynolds kills it. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but you look at the Teeny. movies. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious, man. I, I, I'm I'm back. I'm back I'm on the back Ryan Reynolds on the Reynolds train. train. Yeah. Um, you look at the, I mean, look at this. You know, Ocean Ocean's look thirteen, at, Ocean's at, eleven, Saving Private Ryan. Man, Jesus Christ, yeah. that's insane. I mean, you talk about Martian, Saving Private Ryan, Ocean's eleven, Born Ultimatum, Ocean's twelve, Ocean's thirteen, Departed, Born Supremacy. I mean, every single one of those movies is, up until Elysium, every single one of those movies is great. Yeah. And Elysium might even be... Well, Ocean's 13 is pretty, pretty... Yeah, (laughs) sorry. uh, More of like a name, I guess, behind it. Right, right. Big. I mean, yeah, True Grit, Good Will Hunting, Born Identity, 
Ponyo, which I never saw. The oh, Monuments okay. Man, which is supposedly one of the worst uh, films oh, ever that's made. Oh, the, that's the goat one, right? Oh, no, it's the Magic Goats. goats. Yeah. Both just like a bunch of old guys yeah. that you, like, win Oscars, like doing some weird like just, alternative like, comedy together. What's that movie called? Cow- Cowboy? Space Cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> One of those old hogs, yeah, <laughs> wild wild hogs. Wild hogs. <laughs> yeah, so you look at Matt Damon and, and what? Yeah, <laughs> um, you look at Damon and he's one of those guys that is not like Denzel Washington, where they've been around forever and they are awesome actors and they're in a lot of great films. So for Damon's films make billions and billions of dollars. Look at the money there. The, <laughs> the worldwide grosses on these movies. It's like you just get down to like. Just like the top ten alone. Like, what's the what's last place? How much money does that have? One hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Happy Feet two. Wow. Fifteenth. I mean, tenth place. True Grit. That looks like three hundred fifty three or three hundred fifty two or something. Like that movie was kind of sweet. I didn't see it. Or yeah. two fifty. I'm blind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's out. Um, yeah. So this movie was produced by Universal. It cost one hundred ten million dollars to make, and it opened on August third of two thousand and seven. Precisely uh, two years to the day before I moved to Los Angeles. Really? August 3rd. It's coming right up. My seven-year anniversary. Two, it was 2009? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll have been here seven years in just about two months. So you were only, you were only just a little bit ahead of me. Like, a, about, about two years ahead of me. A year and a half. Something like that. You came in 2011? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so two years after that, so uh, domestically it grossed two hundred twenty-seven million, which mm. already doubled its budget, and then it made an additional two hundred fifteen worldwide for a total of four hundred forty-two million dollars, and it made sixty-nine million dollars its opening weekend. Yeah, this Just, was peak. I mean, this was yeah. peak Damon. This was like this is every every reason they thought that <laughs> every single reason that they thought Jeremy Renner Born Legacy was going to make a ton of money. Right, were the reasons this movie made a ton of money. Yep, um, and every reason that they were wrong is the reason that Matt Damon has that kind of boss, box office success. Because the, the franchise is successful, but Matt Damon is the reason the franchise is successful. Right. It's not exactly. the other way around. It's not just you can put the Bourne logo on something and expect it to make a ton of money. Um, yeah. Oh, and guys, you got to remember, uh, with those movies like Saving Private Ryan only making $440 million, that was also almost, you know, that was 15 years ago. It was 20 years ago. 20 years. It was 2000. I guess 18. Yeah. yeah. So if we were to have pulled the adjusted, it probably would have been in first place or at least eh, probably second yeah interstellar is pretty hard we tend to like the poll worldwide because now if there was a worldwide adjusted right that would be great it's difficult though with worldwide adjusted because then you're dealing with multiple economies and multiple levels of inflation Mm -hmm. uh, and that's too hard to track so um but yes nonetheless needless to say damon has made a shitload of money yeah and all the producers were like yeah that's why we did it and yeah we were right so where's our paycheck you know exactly uh critically 8.1 on imdb we talked about this earlier it's number 207 of the top 250 and it actually goes against our little algorithm for rotten tomatoes which is it's a 94 percent by top a 96 percent by all and a 91 by audience they're still all in the 90s. It's, it's still loved all the way across the board. As much as I love this movie and as good as I think it is, I think I still find this one of the most surprising parts. Because... What's that? It's, I don't understand. Like how highly ranked it it's is? It's very hard for me to feel like as good as this movie is as a movie... Yeah. ...that the Bourne Identity doesn't deserve every bit of the same praise. Same. Because the Bourne Identity is such a more important movie than this. You could never have had this movie be what yeah, it you, is exactly. without Bourne 1. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, I, I think it's weird that this is 
that Born Identity is not even in the top 250. No, neither of the other two are. And movies like this, where they're recent movies with an enormous audience and a huge mm-hmm. brand, have been voted on a trillion oh, times. Oh, yeah, several hundred thousand times usually. And if it's not several, it's at least a few hundred thousand people that have gone and voted. So you're not talking about a small sample size here. No. no. And especially with movies uh, and with Rotten Tomatoes, too, a lot of you'll see sometimes with the older movies, they get like 75% or 80%. It's because there's 10 reviews. And three of them are good and one's bad. Or four of them are good and one's bad. Yeah. This one has several hundred under all the categories. So this movie is, everyone saw it. There's, you've got all the opinions out there, biased, non-biased. People love it. Yeah. I just don't know why I don't. I, I think, it, I think honestly, my guess is that I think it was one of those weird, like, time and place things. Maybe you were a weird movie, you watched it, the expectation right. was too high. Well, see, that's why I pulled this review by Jeff Revere from the uh, Toronto Star. He says... While Ultimatum may be the lesser of the three Jason Bourne movies, it is only so because the bar set by the predecessors was so uncommonly high. Hmm. And I love that review because I agree with him for one, and I think that he kind of figured out why I agree with him. And it is because I love the first and second one so much, and then with all the hype behind this one, I just think it was impossible to live up to the standards that I was building for it. Yeah. Because if I love those two movies that much and 90% of people think that this is better then I'm expecting a, a better movie. Yeah. And I didn't get it, you know? Yep, I get that. Um, it looks like you have uh, Stephen Hunter gave it a rotten review from the Washington Post. Uh, and he says, it's frenetic to the point of crazy while achieving a mark that barely exceeds mediocre. I hate reviews like that. Me because too. Even if you don't like the movie, that doesn't actually... Review the film. No. At it's, all. It's, I mean, granted, I know that's just a soundbite. That's just like, you, you did write probably a longer review than that. Yeah. But like, achieving a mark that barely exceeds mediocre... I, I, the first part, it's frenetic to the point of crazy. Understandable. Yes. Barely a, a mark that barely exceeds mediocre is just like, what does that even How mean? How did you get from A to B? Yeah. You know, or A to C. You skipped like so many steps in between. The reason that I pulled that is because I wanted to talk about about it being frenetic, about the camera shakiness and about the quick cutting and all that. Because so the camera shaking is Greengrass's signature thing. Yep. That's something that that's a style that he's developed in his filmmaking. Um, it is it is interesting that from an action movie standpoint He's a better director for this kind of movie than Doug Lyman is, which mm-hmm. is why Born One does feel like a different movie. Born is like the prototype version. So from a cle- like from as we said, the cleanliness kind of like tight, extremely well put together movie. This is a better movie than Born One, no question. Right. But from the point of view of like, I love this movie, but there's nothing about this movie that is iconic. Born One has, like, Born One has multiple multiple moments that are like iconic fist bump moments yeah. that's the, the scene in the diner i can run for a yeah. mile and a half flat before you know with, before my hands start shaking yeah right and I, the guy knows how to handle himself yep right that he where's the dog the, yeah the dog's the, never gone the gun get in the basement just those moments in born one the, it was those moments of discovery while being so sure of yourself yeah it, or because were there ever moments i don't remember if it was in these movies or not it's so hard but like where they realize they can speak another language is that in the first one yeah like that, that kind of shit yeah. is so cool. And you're like, you're, you're just like, oh wow, I'm speaking French now. Apparently, I know how to speak French. Yeah, like that, that stuff. His discoveries of all those was so beautiful. And that's why, in the end, of, at the end of the day, I might have just talked myself out of my thesis. To I, be I'm with you. curious if you did. I really am. I might have just talked myself out of my thesis. You think that one is better than three? Maybe. 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 Um, but I think that's a great thing for us to get into. So yeah. um, we are going to get into hero villain ranking and we are going to get into all time ranking. And before we do that, um, we should let you guys know we decided 
to do a special ranking challenge. And special we challenge, ranking challenge. Special ranking challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new soundbite. Thank you, Bob. I, uh, <laughs> Um, we, uh, we are going to, well, so I guess, okay, so you'll, you'll see where we have these films. I think this is incorrect now because I think I'm changing my mind, but, um, this is our heroes list. They're definitely, I'm not ranking any of the villains in this movie. No, definitely not. So it looks like you put Jason Bourne from the ultimatum at 22 behind the driver from drive. Yep. Behind crazy from man on fire. Yep. And behind Ethan hunt from ghost protocol. Yes, sir. No rogue nation. Um, yeah, rogue nation. And he's directly in front of doc holiday from tombstone. And I'm offended on every level here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be. I really, I was like putting it in and plugging it and like looking at where it was. I was like, oh, it's laughing. It is what it is. Yeah. Licking your lips, laughing yourself. Um, on my end of things, I put this born at number nine. Um, I was shocked. Oh, no, no, no. Look at this. I have him way behind. I, I have Jason Bourne from Born Identity at my number four. But that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you can still think this is, I mean, you might not anymore. think it's a better movie, but... The born in number one is, I think, was exactly what we we're just talking about. He's still discovering who he is. This is like this one and an ultimatum in the new Jason Bourne. He's fully realized. I didn't talk myself out of it. I'm dead on. This okay. Is, this is this is essentially what I was getting at. Right. Having those moments, thinking about those moments. Those from are all born Jason one, Bourne. Those are all just him being the best Bourne. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is still a sweet Bourne to me. I still really like this Bourne. The way he handles the train station sequence, the way that he takes those guys out, yeah. it's so nonchalant, so casual. That is the most iconic moment in this film, I think. Yeah, and that's why I like this Bourne a lot. Um, so he's ahead of First Blood Part Two Rambo. He's ahead of John McClane. He's ahead of T-800. Jesus, I put him high. T-800? John Patrick Mason. Brendan Conlon. How was I put thinking? In front of John Patrick Mason. <laughs> um, that is my ranking there. Let's, let's jump over to our... Uh, you didn't put him in front of Bob, did you? Bob. <laughs> so we've decided we're going to rank every single film in descending order of the James Bond, Bourne, and Mission Impossible franchises. Post-2006. Or 2006 moving... Or, I'm sorry, 2000. Bond for Bond. 2006 on. All Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, all Daniel Craig Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are doing... But start going... So basically the full Tom Cruise MI franchise. Yep, all five of those. The full... Including the Jeremy Renner Born Legacy, so the whole Born franchise, and every one of the Daniel Craig, which so is Skyfall, Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale, and Spectre. All yeah. four of those. So we as have well. we have fourteen movies total to rank on mm-hmm. the list in descending order. My number fourteen is Spectre. Uh, as is mine. My number four, or yes, my my very last place is Spectre. Aside from the first five minutes of the movie. Before, I'm not even talking about the fight in the helicopter. Right. I'm literally just talking about him with the hot chick. Oh, you're talking about Sam Smith's opening song. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's true. I'm not good at the one that stand. Um, Would have been better if it was that song. <laughs> Would have been great. Um, why was that so funny that time? I don't know. We did it for like like few months. We yeah. just kept doing that. Rock solid. We got no friends. No friends. Uh, um, my... Thir- is there 14? Is that yep. one, two? Three? Okay, so my 13 is Quantum of Solace. My 13 is also Quantum of Solace. Is our 12 going to be the same as well? <laughs> Mission Impossible 2? I put Legacy there. I put that's I put Legacy 11. So I switched those two. Yeah, so we're pretty much, we're pretty much, uh, yeah, pretty so, much getting there. So we got, we're basically Spectre, Quantum of Solace, then I have Legacy and you have MI, or I have Legacy and MI2, you have it swapped. So now we're looking at top 10. I just want to make sure that I've got everything written down here that I didn't miss one before we keep going. So I've got that one, that one, that one. So I'm missing that, and what am I missing here? Got it, got it. So you've got, we've still got MI1, 3, 4, and 5. We've still got Identity and Supremacy and Ultimatum, and you've got Casino Royale and Skyfall. 
Is there only 13 movies? Did I screw it up? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. There's oh, only there's 13, 13 movies. Got, all right. it, got it, got it, okay. Audience, bear with us. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so, so my next film is Skyfall. Uh, as is mine. Oh, interesting. Our nice. lists are so similar. Yeah. Um, behind that, I have Mission Impossible 1. As do I. Wow! Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well, <laughs> except for I think this is where everything changes. After that, I have Mission Impossible 4. I have Ultimatum. You have Ultimatum? What? Yep. It's that low for it's you. It's that low. Wow. Wow. That is unbelievable. I have Ultimatum, and then I have Mission Impossible 4 at number six. I have The Born Supremacy after Mission Impossible 4 at, at number, number six. six. So my number five is Born Supremacy. Oh, okay. And my number five is Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation. Okay. And my number four is Mission Impossible 5. So my number four is Casino Royale. Wow. Okay. This is crazy because there's so <laughs> we are very, very close and everything's falling in about the same place, but it's not quite there. So I just did MI5 at number four. So that means we're in the top three. And yeah. you have Casino Royale at, at number five. So, or I mean number four. So top three movies. In the whole three franchises? Yep. I have I'll Identity you, at number three. Where's Robert's foot? Where's Robert's foot? That's my number three. You have MI3 at number Mission three. Impossible 3 is number three. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then I put Identity at number two. Yep. And then Ultimatum at number one. Yeah. And I did Casino Royale at number two and MI3 at number one. MI3 is your favorite of all of them. Yeah. Wow. I think so. I love yeah. MI3. I, I couldn't get over still how much I loved Ultimatum. Yeah, I, I was having a really hard time with my top three between Royale, MI3, and Identity. It was all three of those could have could flip-flop anyway. Yeah. So any, anybody who's listening and you want to uh, tweet along and, and let us know what your favorite are, go ahead and just type it on your phone or write it on your desktop and screenshot it. Use that as a picture and tweet that at us at, at AMA Podcast because you won't be able to fit all of the in 140 characters on Twitter. Yeah, and we um, would love to see them. And I'm, we're sorry if ours was confusing, but... Yeah, or, or if you want to leave it in the YouTube comments, if you want to make your just make your list of 13 in descending order as a YouTube comment, that's cool too. Um, let us know what you think, though. Um, that's just... we. It is it is not surprising that Andrew and I have a fairly similar group mind on this. Yeah, of course. The number of times we've talked about these things. Um, and it looks like our audience is kind of split down the middle. I more agree with Andrew on the ranking. I agree with Ben. So it's... Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're very close. And someone else posted their... their uh, their ranking here, which is pretty similar to ours, except for they have Skyfall at number one. You know, it's weird. Some people love Skyfall. I really like that movie, but it's weird because the best and the worst part are kind of the same for me. Mm. Not only, like, the incursion on the house is awesome, yeah. but at the same time, there's something about it that just feels just not, there's no stakes for me. Mm. Like, I feel like nothing bad can really happen. I don't know. It, it, Skyfall's sweet. I need to watch it again, but those are our lists, and I'm glad that you guys wrote yours down as well and they're all pretty close yeah um you hate that i have ultimatum at like eight <laughs> <laughs> it's just so sweet i almost want to put identity i i struggle with one two and three or ultimatum identity and mi3 yeah because there's a moment for each of those movies that makes me want to put it at number one they're right. the only three movies on here that i could i could justify being number one come to 10 yeah i'm gonna cut out to 10 like how, how do you almost not just put that at number one is it france no it's not yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay, and then for actually ranking this movie on our lists, which I think we've got the graphic up here. Um, yeah, I put this at number 14, and I put mine at 33. Crazy. So this is Behind the Edge, which I appreciate. Yep. Um, directly ahead of Under Siege, Crimson Tide. How is Crimson Tide so low for you? That blows my mind. I know. Um, it's because we've done so many good movies yes, on this show. I know, I know, I know. There's only a couple movies that are easy to put at the back, and they yeah. consistently stay at the back for us. Yeah. Everything else is like Every right time we get there. one of those, I'm pretty happy because it makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, this is behind Fury Road for me. Okay. Um, this is behind Minority Report. This is behind Drive. It's directly mm. ahead of Identity. It's directly ahead of Mission Impossible 3. 
directly ahead of Predator. I do respect the right in front of identity. And I'm assuming... I'm interested to see where supremacy lies on yours, if it'll be right behind that. This is getting so hard with these lists. I look at these movies, and I look at these movies that are around it, and I'm like, how how is Crimson Tide and Predator that low? Like, how is The Last Samurai that low on my list? I know, right? I look at this, and I'm like, how is it possible that The Fugitive, The Fucking Fugitive, is only number nine? Gladiator's my eighth movie. I know. What's happening? Right? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and guys, we actually have two special ranking and a recast. A special recast as well. Yeah, because the, the idea was like, this movie falls in a really awkward place for a recast for us. Because it's 2007, the- it's being made as a sequel now. They right. already recasted it a few years later with a different lead that's a male. Right. It's not really old enough that you want to go back in time too far to try to yeah, do this. because if like, you do, you've got to go to the 80s only. Yeah, and it's not... The, the cast in this movie was so, like, scattered. So it's really, like... We started to think, okay, if you were going to launch a new franchise, a new Bourne franchise, you're going to reboot the whole thing. But in this day and age, I don't think you would do it with a male, because they kind of tried. I yep. think you would do it with a female. I think you would launch the franchise with a female. Andrew and I decided to talk about Alicia Vikander for yes. like 10 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we decided uh, who would be our top three choices for a woman to launch the, the relaunch the Born franchise today. Um, who would those people be? And assuming that you need to have a few years on you to be able to make, you know, two or three right. movies. Um, so, yeah, this is sort of a loose discussion. We'll, we'll each kind of pitch a couple. And uh, if you guys have any thoughts of your own or who you think would be sweet, let us know. My first thought, Shailene Woodley. Okay. Are you going – are we going to omit a specific female out there or no? I mean, you guys know who our favorite – not Alicia Vikander and not Diane Lane. You know who my um, favorite is. But we talk about Emily Blunt fucking constantly. She's our favorite. She would be so good. She would be fantastic. <laughs> she would be really good. Now you're right though. She's she's also a little older. Yeah. And let's just let's just omit her. So I I, I appreciate that. I think that's a good idea that you had there. Uh, so you're going? Are you going in any particular order? No, just no? throw out three 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 options. Okay. I think Shailene Woodley would be good. I I actually like her performance. She's got enough depth in her eyes. She's young enough. She's done the action thing with the Divergent franchise. Mm -hmm. I think she could handle it really well. So I'm going to do the same thing that you're doing then, but I'm going to do it with someone else who I really like, but I would would like her to chill the fuck out for a couple years and then make this. I know who you're talking about. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't want I don't want anyone to think about her as Hunger Games or as what is her name in those movies again? It's like something so Katniss. Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. I don't want to hear about Katniss Everdeen. I don't want to talk about like, you know, Jennifer Lunt, Blunt and her like Silver Linings playbook. Uh who, who directed yeah. that movie? Uh David O. Russell. Yeah, and the other one that he just did with her yeah. again. Like I wa- I'm tired of her even though I love her. Yeah. I think she's incredibly talented, she's beautiful and she can pull off almost anything, but I'm sick of her. So I want right. to wait a couple more years and I would love to see Jennifer Lawrence take on a spy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I like the idea of Jennifer Lawrence. I, so I jumped to one that is not as young, mm-hmm. um, but I think she... Kate Beckinsale. I love Kate Beckinsale. I do too. <laughs> um, no, I, I went with Kira Knightley, and I know this is going to sound weird, and I know people are going to disagree with me, but I had a couple defenses here. Look, we said a girl, not a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Kira Knightley is... She's she's sort of ageless. She doesn't really, she really age. Is. She still looks young. I think she she can't be much older at this point than, like... 20 like 30 34 maybe 36 mm-hmm. she's probably mid 30s maybe she's a little older than that but she's like skinny and athletic so like i really think that if she worked with a trainer and got like pretty jacked um i kind of just think she has the depth to pull this off domino harvey like my, not my, my name my name's domino harvey you know that was like she was too young i sort of feel like in some ways she could pull it off better now um 
I, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, just in the same. I bet it's weird how her and Natalie Portman are so similar, right? And Natalie they have Portman. such different career paths. Mm. But I could see either of them still doing it. Yeah. Yep. Um, got a great shout from Jonas Tiger for Rebecca Ferguson. That's yeah. true. She'd be awesome. Love I don't know if she Ferguson. can carry a full movie or a franchise yet. Yeah. But I definitely loved her. Like in that in movie, MI5. she was so good in MI5. Yeah. Um, I am going to go with. <laughs> look, I'm going to do it. It's Alicia Vikander. Okay? <laughs> look, I love her. I want to see her in her movie. I want to see a whole franchise based around her. I think she could pull it off. She's beautiful. She's smart. And she's sexy. And she's in the new one. Very good. Did anyone see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she is in Jason Bourne. She is. She's yeah. in the new one. She's in the new one. She's the female lead? I don't know. Julia Stiles is back. Everything kind of goes black when she comes <laughs> on screen. Um, as a uh, as a shameless plug to my audience that loves... Uh, oh, you're going to do it. I'm going to go with she Alicia. She could totally pull it. Alicia Devon Carey. Yeah. Yeah. Lexa from The 100 and Alicia from Fear the Walking Dead. Not only she, is she absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. She's awesome. She's a badass. She's a badass. And when she gets into badass mode, she she like fully owns it. Yeah. Like total badass. Which is it's just funny because mine is a total left fielder for the exact same reason. Alicia Vikander? It's Alicia Vikander <laughs> again. again. It's her twin sister. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Rooney Mara. Oh, yeah. She was so Good. hardcore badass. Girl, Dragon, Girl Tattoo? Dragon Tattoo. And so was Daniel Craig. Um, but it's that same thing you talk about. Yeah. When she went like full beast mode in that movie, yeah. she was terrifying. Yeah. And that's a, that's a quality that you really got to have. And that's one that I don't know that... Uh, jennifer lawrence can have is that kind of like raw like like cause again like with um with the hunger games it's so stylized yeah and it feels like a comic book or a superhero movie that i, I i'm not really ever she doesn't ever have to go like crazy for yeah. me like real life crazy i rooney mara in that movie scared me yeah in a great way and i think she'd be sweet as this and she's still so young i always forget yeah yeah that's a good one that's a really good you one. like that one yeah i think that's solid i appreciate that um all right, sweet. So uh, three categories, action movies. We've had a couple people request the Cage versus Cruise today. On this one? I know, it's weird, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have Jason Bourne. <laughs> where do you even insert a Cruise line? Yeah, like, where do like, you? Like, what's, the, what's the iconic line that you would get Cruise? Like, it'd, be, uh, it'd be like, uh, huh. well, if that were true, we'd be having this conversation face to face. I'll just let you steal that one today. <laughs> just have those two? <laughs> I know, I was trying to think. I was like, what would it... You could just replace Nick Cage with Albert Finney. <laughs> just get Cage really drunk. No, uh, he'll go to the training ring. That's what he knows. That's what he knows. I'll meet him there, and I'll stall him until you're there. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. Oh, I don't believe you're going to take that role, probably. Enjoy your egg whites. <laughs> Okay. Oh, All we right. skipped favorite line. Did we skip favorite line? Oh my god, we totally just skipped favorite line. I mean, that's my favorite line. Oh, it is. Enjoy your egg whites. Enjoy your egg whites. That's a great line. I think it's my favorite line. It's a really good line. Yeah. Uh, I remember writing that down when it happened. Mine is, uh, <laughs> it's when Cruz is that guy at the end when he lets him get away. When Cruz? Or I mean, <laughs> when born, he's like the the, the, the uh, what are they called? The asset. the asset. The asset. Edgar Ramirez. When the asset comes up to him and he goes, why didn't you take the shot? Yeah. And he goes, look at him. Look, look at him. Do, yeah. do you even know why, do you even know do you know why, why you're, you're supposed to kill me? Look, with him, look at what they make you give. Which is Clive Owen's which line from exactly the first one. exactly Clive Owen's line. And I, I almost called you right then. Yeah. But it was, I don't, I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. But I almost called you and be like, that is so sweet when yeah. he says that. So that's, that's definitely my favorite line. It's a fist line. pump and a favorite line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it totally. was real. And it was cool. It would come full, complete full circle. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a great. It's really great that the first three movies do feel like a trilogy. Yeah, because in the first one, it's the same thing. Yeah, is this new young kid, Jason Bourne? He gets Clive going off guard, and he's going to kill him. That's yep. exactly what happens here. Yep. He let Ramirez go, and Ramirez is going to kill him. So cool. That movie's sweet. Maybe this movie's a little sweeter than I yeah. gave it credit for. <laughs> um, all right, so there are three categories of action movies, guys. There are totally ridiculous movies, totally legitimate movies, and ridiculously legitimate movies. Those should be fairly self-explanatory. Movies that are totally legit are movies like Terminator 2 or The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. Movies that are totally ridiculous are like Face Off and Con Air. And movies that fall somewhere in the middle are a combination of awesome and absurd, like Predator, Point Break, or Speed. Um, this is another one of those movies where I feel like it's just... 100% legitimate. Like, there's no yeah. argument for me at all. There's it's, not even a single laugh. It's 100% legitimate. <laughs> this, this is the best, the best born movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, is, it is 100% completely legitimate, totally legitimate. There is no ifs, and or, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which means there's only one thing left to do on the show today. We're not even doing it. I know, I just want to do the sound. <laughs> this is called The Pitch! <laughs> Um, I mean, I, so this is the deal, guys. Go find us on Twitter, at AMA Podcast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media, and that is at Andrew Guy. And you should let us know your thoughts, what you want us to do on the show next week. We're taking an open forum. I mean, we mentioned a couple of the movies that people have thrown out earlier in the show. Yeah. And we are pretty freaking open. If it feels like it hits our rules or it feels like it hits the tone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's everything from, like, the ghost in the darkness yeah. to, like, like Long Kiss Goodnight or, like, the raid or like even like predator 2 or yeah. like there's just so you many you can literally movies. pick any movie true lies eraser you could pick i mean if you guys have been watching the show for a while and even if you haven't just based off of today we've done 55 54 episodes now yeah go back and look at what we haven't done that you miss like people have been begging for us to do roadhouse for several months die hard 2 Get die hard it. 3 die hard with a vengeance go and vote for that yeah movie. so sweet I mean, there's just there's just a lot of movies that we still have to do on the show that we haven't done. Um, anything that comes to mind you guys think is a sweet option, let us know. And we're going to choose one of those things that will come directly from the Twitter, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Donica, um, I'm putting you on the hot spot right now. If we could do one movie right now, what would it be? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There you go. Boom. <laughs> on it. That was good. What is it? Are you up there? Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> Lord Raiden. <laughs> How good of you to grace us with your presence presence i dropped like mortal Kombat references on what fucking show was that was that when we were in here doing video game movie anatomy and i most likely yeah probably i was on something else recently like some somebody else's show and i literally referenced mortal Kombat live on the show like three times or something like that it was just like totally unrelated and inappropriate <laughs> like aren't you in your aren't you almost 30 <laughs> like yeah um does that do it for us today I believe so. I think that's everything. I think it wraps it up. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for continuing to support the show. We will we will be doing Born Supremacy leading up to the Jason Bourne film, which will be in July. Mm-hmm. So, both of those will be happening. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the show today, guys. Where can uh, where can humans find you, Ben? At Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. People, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter, and again, follow us. Tweet at us at AMA Podcast. Let's watch your movie next week. Bye, guys. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.